just cannot write scripts like this. Welcome back, everybody, to the final countdown, a podcast looking back at great finals in the game of football. I am Lewis, here with my co-host Adam. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's been a while, and there are practical reasons for that, but I would also like to say that I think it's an emotional... Um, we've needed to heal. That's right, yeah. This is the aftermath of Euro 2020, mm-hmm. um, and we've needed a few weeks, not of break from football, but a come down from the highs and the uh, inevitable low mm. of our finale. But that's what today's episode is going to be about. So taking a bit of a break from what we've previously done, we're going to focus on a final that was very, very recent and probably too recent for us. So <laughs> if you want to hear two grown men crying about a game of football, carry on listening, um, because emotions were riding high, but I thought it might just be an interesting um, podcast, Adam, to talk to you about your experience of Euro 2020 yep. uh, and your feelings about the matches. Um, and hopefully we can remember the joyous moments and bring people along with us. Well, um, it, was, it was largely shared experience, wasn't it? Because I think we watched every game bar one together. Correct. So the way I watch an England game and the way you watch an England game, while there are similarities, you embody a man that is awaiting uh, an operation of a loved one to finish. Yeah, yeah, there is... Little joy, yeah, and just pure tension the yeah, whole time. Yeah, you didn't sit down, did you? The entire no, yeah. The, the original plan we had a lovely setup at mm. your house. To be fair to you, you'd set up thrones to watch the the game, and uh, yeah, I didn't spend a, a single minute in pretty much any of the games. Sat down, no, two tenths. Yeah, so going back, we were drawn in a group with Croatia, with Scotland, with Czech Republic. What were your thoughts going into? It was a weird one for me actually because I am. I have I've been the most avid England fan for literally my entire adult life since Italy ninety ninety when Gaza, bless his heart, captured my heart. Um and after that it you know, I would plan my uh Junes around mm-hmm. the calendar of when England's you know, games were coming up. Yeah. And weirdly, I don't know if it was the pandemic or just life or whatever, but I didn't I knew it was coming, but I hadn't done what I normally done. I said to you, like my wife had booked a dinner date on the Scotland mm-hmm. game, and we'll get to that. And you know, I, the first game, none of us watched it together, which was a very strange experience yeah, after years of you know, where are we watching the game? Just assumed that would be happening. Um, so, in terms of what I thought of the group, I hadn't paid loads of attention to it, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, which feels weird to yeah. say it. Uh, I think if England were going to lose me to being a bit of a you know not really pay attention fan, this was the summer where that might have happened. Yeah. Thankfully, that isn't what happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking back, I kind of thought we should get through that group. But I think that's a bit England fanny. It's difficult to not feel that. Yeah. But there is there is a relatively good amount of evidence that we shouldn't always back ourselves to get out of a group. There is massive amount, especially <laughs> in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, you kind of, I agree with you. Like, you just think, of course, England will make it to the further stages. Yeah. But actually, there is still that hangover of, like, Scotland was going to be a derby. So yeah. you, you can't really say we're guaranteed to win it, which obviously was not the case. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't go on to win well, that. Well, the game we struggled most in, I would say, yeah. was the Scotland game. Yeah, And yeah. obviously Croatia we had had mixed history with. We had yeah. had some good wins against them, but they were also had embarrassed us and knocked us out of tournaments. Yeah. Um, Kieran Trippier. Oh, life peaked. Life peaked. Life peaked. Well, there's a new one now, but we'll get there. <laughs> so uh, England beating Croatia, opening game for us. Um, how did you feel about our performance and moving forward with that? I... It's weird, isn't it, looking back. At the time, I was quite like, oh, it's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And you kind of get stuck in pundit mode Mm -hmm. rather than recognising, which I think, to his credit, Gareth Southgate was doing, which was tournament football. Yeah. 
And I think in hindsight, you kind of go, God, I'm glad he was the manager and not an emotional moron like me. Yeah. Uh, because England did the job and that's exactly what they needed to do. You know, even with the Scotland game, four points in two games, you know, a lose probably would have been enough to go through a draw, almost certainly a win, absolutely. So I don't really know what we were all panicking about. I think initially there was that, again, hype with England, yeah. especially with a young team and a very attacking team. Our attacking lineup for their clubs had been sensational all year. And so we were going into you this that, tournament. But Sterling hadn't had a good season. No, Sterling hadn't, but Kane had been great. Sancho had been great. Grealish had been great. Foden had been great. Like you named three players that didn't play. Just <laughs> but the, yeah, this, this is what's yeah, crazy yeah. is like we had all these attacking players. And then obviously Grealish, his whole story throughout this whole tournament was he couldn't start. And then we had God like Sacco. Uh, God bless those calf muscles. Oh. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit heated just thinking about it. That was the best thing about the Man City press releases. <laughs> Ooh, they've really oiled up Grealish uh, for this. Open uh, a window, Liam. Steven <laughs> in here. But we had all these attacking players. Sacco wasn't even in the conversation. No. And I think the the feeling after Croatia and Scotland was, whilst you're absolutely correct, the results were were fine. Yeah. I think there was that sense of, hold on, we should be playing with the handbrake off a little bit. And there was that. I remember seeing, again, Twitter being the cesspool of humanity. Mm. I remember seeing Southgate out trending after the Scotland game, which I mean, was yeah. ludicrous. I mean, that, beyond that's belief, so England fan though, isn't it? Like, And we're, unfortunately, we are a part of that monster mm-hmm. because they peaked, you know, granted we didn't win the final, but they peaked when they needed to. Yeah. Uh, and and you're probably the best performance that they put in, you, you could argue the Ukraine game, but I thought the Denmark game was yeah. probably as good as England played with all the pressure and the history mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. So where do you want them to play best? The first game and smash someone 4-0 or do you want them to like peak when yeah. the games really matter? And I think he just got it right. I, I I don't can't remember being this happy with an England manager. Well, this is the thing, what you are talking about earlier about emotion. So like, I love Kevin Keegan. I love everything about Kevin Keegan. But <laughs> of course you do. In terms yeah. of talking about emotional managers, like yeah. people are talking about, oh, with this generation, England should get far. But if we had a Kevin Keegan-esque manager, yeah. somebody heart on his sleeve, who probably would have said, go and play with freedom and less about, you know, reigning in your emotions, yeah. playing like a clever game, playing about, this is what we need from this stage. Yeah. Anything else is a bonus, but this is what we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Keggy would have, like just lost everybody because yeah you're probably right we probably would have battered Croatia and Scotland and then we would have come up against probably Denmark or even before that Germany yeah. would we have got past Germany with a fully emotional manager I don't well, know well it's funny isn't it you went, I know we're digressing all over the place but this is always going to happen without scripts but yeah. like Keegan's England was essentially Ericsson's England who you know got labelled the golden generation yeah. like it was a lot it was young Skulls young Beckham mm-hmm. late Shearer but ultimately it was a team that should have done better than it did yeah um, you know Big part of that team was the United treble winning team. Like it's crazy to think, like Keegan didn't do very well at all, which, awful, re- yeah. which really shows. It makes you think how well would Southgate, for instance, mm-hmm. or a good man manager have done with? I know we got generation. addicted to having a bloody foreign manager for a decade, didn't we? Barring Steve McLaren, but yeah, he was Dutch. He was Dutch, <laughs> right? Yeah, fair enough, yeah. National Champions yeah, League. There he is. <laughs> but yeah, it does make you think. Uh, like I wonder if man management is much more the game with, especially today's social media. You know, soaked football world. Yeah. So Didier Deschamps was being taken to task both when they won the World Cup and yeah. this tournament for the fact similar they have such an array of attacking talent. Yeah. And yet he was playing what you described there as tournament football. He was telling people, "We just need to do what we need to do to get through each game. Yeah, We're not yeah. here to necessarily entertain. We're here to win." Yeah. And obviously, it didn't work out this tournament, but that's what they did in the World Cup. They yeah. weren't swashbuckling. They were. Effective. How many teams actually are? Well, that, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. I mean, you think like I know we love this kind of question, but now I'm thinking back Brazil 2002. 
Yeah, that's literally the only one that comes to mind, but, really. But even then, like, they scraped past the giants of England. <laughs> well, you say scraped, they were by far the better team, by far. Wow. But the scoreline was... Beckham hadn't jumped, mate, that game would be different. <laughs> <laughs> I love these things that we cling on to as England fans. <laughs> that was the only reason we lost that it's, game. It's actually difficult getting to this year's final, because there's not, other than the penalties, no. which we'll get to, but, yeah. like, there isn't a moment where you can kind of go, oh, if only that, that yeah. had gone differently. Yeah, like, absolutely. Even if, if Rashford, who obviously missed, if he... Had scored, you still don't necessarily think, oh, we would have gone on to win totally, it. Totally, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a moment this tournament, which was very surreal as an England fan. Very unlike England. But then this England team is unlike England. Mm-hmm. They've kind of been proving that for two tournaments now. Yeah. Which, if they can cope with the heat, makes you wonder, doesn't it, for Qatar? Don't don't make me dream, man. It's still, <laughs> it's still too That's fresh. That's what too we near. do, mate. We dream. I can't. I literally can't hold it together, and we've still got eighteen months. But I've, I'm already starting to peak. Let's head back, let's head back into our misery. So far easier. Let's talk before we get into the proper misery. Let's talk about arguably, and I don't know how you'd feel about this. I think the most emotional reaction I had in the entire tournament wasn't getting to the final. It was beating Germany. Yeah. It was the 2-0 win. And that second goal, I think, for me, is as good as it got. Because 1-0 up against Germany, I was was still, obviously, absolutely bricking it. And still didn't believe we would go on to win, necessarily. was like, we've seen the script before. Germany will peg us back. Muller goes through. And you just think, right? Oh, yeah. Like Thomas Muller, top yeah. goal scorer in the World Cup. Like he's going, he's going to score this and watching. I mean, he's so likable as well. <laughs> That's what's difficult to take about that. The bloody Joker, a yeah. German with a sense of humour. Something That's wrong it. about it. No, I mean that. I think you're right. The Kane goal, I think, was uh, obviously emotional because it meant we would definitely beat them. It was a breathe out moment, which you don't usually get in England games. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the final whistle is usually the breathe out moment. And then often the emotion with England is just absolute relief. Mm-hmm. Whereas that allowed us for five-ish minutes, I can't remember when he scored, but five, ten minutes, to just enjoy. Yeah. Which is, again, enjoy a weird feeling, weird feeling. Like, But also the fact it was Kane who yeah. scored, and that was super emotional because you knew that, you know, anybody with half a brain knows that Kane is a top-quality, world-class goal scorer. But it was rough watching him yeah. the first three games because you want him to be as good as he can. Yeah. But you're also aware that a tournament isn't long. Mm-hmm. You can't go seven games without scoring. Yeah, <laughs> not that it's, you know seven games throughout the tournament. If he'd gone that long, how long would have you know that would have tested Southgate? Like how long would yeah, you captain? Faith? Yeah, firing blanks. So that was awesome that he scored. So I think what that meant is yes, we beat Germany first time in a major tournament for however long it was. But also Kane scored. It set the tournament up really. Yeah. Because then it was kind of like, God, we can beat anyone, man. That, that genuinely, and I know that, yeah, you could say that's English arrogance, but also, and I know Germany aren't what they used to be, all those caveats, but the emotional and psychological hurdle it was when we, and we we were be- we were better than Germany. Yeah. We beat them. We didn't just nick a goal against a run of play. We were better than Germany and we beat them. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole, um, yeah, they're not what they used to be. is something England press and fans do sure. to diminish achievement. It's like uh, Scotland are crap, but we, <laughs> but we struggled our ass off. Like, yeah, you know, one day I hope we have an actual listenership yeah, so, and then they can go to, back through. Sorry to Jock in Edinburgh, he's listening in for the first Jock week. Steen. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, ultimately, like, you, you kind of you, when England drew against Scotland, you kind of put like they're going to put in way more effort. You know, Scotland are going to put yeah. in way more effort. You kind of, you know, it's same with Germany, that's a that's a derby. Like that's not a, you know England versus Ukraine type game. The 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 history and the you know the the mess in the middle of that game and everybody's grown up with that kind of England. Yeah, you know, probably all the way back to '66. Yeah, any generation that's followed football 
you know, from my dad, who's 70-odd now, all the way through to our generation, has been inundated with this England-Germany narrative. And we were, we were sat actually watching with a couple of teenagers. Yeah, that's right. And one of them is my niece actually said, why does everyone hate Germany? <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, we have a lot to teach you. And it was like, well, you haven't suffered those dark nights. No. Like, you know, growing up as an 11-year-old kid, bursting into tears because Gaza's crying, because, you know, we're, we're going out or we've gone out and all that stuff. Even, you know, my dad's saying you know, when they lost it in 1970 to Germany, having beaten them in the final four years before, yeah. like 2-0 up and we lost. Like, that kind of stuff is what has created our... And it feels like every decade there's an England-Germany result that <laughs> yeah. matters or yeah. like is significant in some way, whether that's Absolutely. a 5-1 yeah. or a 1-0 or what have you. It's Absolutely, like yeah. There is a, an England-Germany result somewhere in every decade that yeah. haunts normally Englishmen. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think what you're right, it was the most significant result in terms of certainly the emotion and the press. And, you know, that's when Twitter's great because yeah. then you get all the memes and it's coming <laughs> home and the amount of time I spent watching those things. Like, just if you're one of those people that creates stuff, just thank you. Yeah, because the joy. Yeah, you spread so much joy and you'll never get anything for it. But, like, you spread a lot of joy. Just all those, it's coming home, the Peaky Blinders and the Putin playing piano. And I just love all that stuff. And that ramped up when England beat Germany. So then we went and basically had a party against, given, again, Ukraine were pretty poor to have got through to a quarterfinal somehow. But we battered them and it was party time. That 4-0 was yeah. just, that was, if if uh, England-Germany for me was the most emotionally releasing... This was the most fun I think I've yeah. ever had, other than maybe 5-1 England-Germany when I was pretty young. But, like, yeah. Ukraine, because this mattered, because it wasn't just, like, because this is tournament football, yeah. I think this, just watching England blow a team away where we were having fun on a football pitch and scoring freely, I just thought, yeah. this really is a special England team. Yeah, it's a good word, fun. I think that was that absolutely nailed it. And also, it was a lot of... Um, sometimes you face a team like Ukraine in the second round, mm -hmm. knowing that a quarter against a decent team's coming. Yeah. And no disrespect to Denmark, they were probably one of the better teams we played, if not yeah. the best team we played in the whole tournament. But there was a part of you that was like, not only are we winning this thing, but look who we've got next. Mm -hmm. We can beat them. Yeah, A, a final is on here. Mm -hmm. And I think that became part of the feeling of the end part of the Ukraine game. Like, not only are we winning this, but it's entirely possible we're going to get to a final. Well, we spoke about... I remember at the time spoke during the World Cup where we obviously had the semi-final against Croatia, but there was that sense of if we get through, we're playing France probably and yeah. we're going to lose. So like yeah. it was almost that sense of it didn't feel like we were actually going to win the World Cup, but it was can we get to a final? And then obviously it was yeah. heartbreak with Croatia. Yeah. But with this, there was a sense of we could win the tournament. We really could. It, and just a, a short thing on that, it's, there is an element where that's an England fan thing to do because actually England are far better against better teams. Yeah, we do seem to raise ourselves. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And yeah. yet we still, as fans, want the lower teams. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'd rather Denmark than, you know, Netherlands. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd rather Denmark than Germany. Actually, history tells you that England show up yeah. in big games, not in the... not in The, the games we should win. Yeah, Iceland. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you don't actually want those, but you think you do. Yeah, sure. But, you know, I'd, you know you're probably right. You probably would have lost to France. But there is a part, especially this England team, where it's like, no, bring on the big guns. Yeah. Like, certainly in you know, the next World Cup, you'd be kind of thinking, yeah, I'm not... I wouldn't be afraid of anyone. No. Yeah, there'd be some games where it's like, oh, this could go either way. But then, in a way, losing to a lesser team, e.g. Croatia, in the semi in 2018 is a bit... Is it a bit um, depressing because you think you should have won? Yeah, I think so. I think even... 
on reflection, having lost a final, I feel better about losing to Italy in a final yeah. than I did to losing Croatia in a yeah. game I thought we could have won and should have won. Yeah. I, I think mean, that's the thing. I, we'll get there in a second, but, you know, Italy's a great example. England England played very well for the first half. Yeah. Um, and then Italy, sh- frankly, showed their class. I mean, you could argue Southgate didn't change things quick enough, mm-hmm. got things wrong. There'd always be that kind of debate. But Italy are not mugs. Yeah. And in a way, they, they showed up like a, a quality team should. Yeah. So... Yeah, England definitely in the first half was like, is this England like doing this? Mm-hmm. Because we're dominating the best team in the tournament. To be fair, we're not far from it now, but England, Denmark, the mm. there was the sense of obviously the nation being behind England, but Denmark having this emotional story as well, and maybe the stars were aligning for them with everything that yeah. horrible that happened with Christian Eriksen. Yep. And a sense of like almost two destinies meeting. Performances and games, this was as top end as I can think I've seen England like you said with the pressure on of a semi uh, place in the final at stake against a team where it mattered so much to them yeah the game itself I just remember being so impressed with England that we just kept on keeping on we did yeah and even when uh, Denmark equalized you didn't feel it like in the Italy game you didn't feel like it yeah. turned uh, you felt like it was you know nil nil lads back to nil nil like it, it, it <laughs> I love those it ultimately felt like that um but I just know like England tend to start well this England team tends to start well mm-hmm. and I don't think they've necessarily figured out how to end well um barring the Germany game but ultimately they you know they they got off to a flyer again um I mean the free kick equalizer was a beauty from what I can remember yeah. of it um so there was that element where it's like well that's just a special goal yeah exactly yeah yeah um, there's nothing you can do about that no totally England hadn't let a goal until that point had they I think I, it, I think so. it was clean sheets until that point yeah that's right um but I mean you say about um Germany being your favourite mm-hmm. moment of the tournament, my favourite moment of the tournament was the penalty. Is that right? Yeah, I just the the you know what I'm like I'm a mug for kind of like up and down emotion, like absolute exhilaration. So like <laughs> in the split second of oh shit, he's missed it. Yeah. To the unbelievable high of we've scored. We've, yeah, we're, we're still we're going, going through. through here. Mm-hmm. Like this is minutes to play. Yeah, that was I love that. It was absolutely brilliant. And in fairness, Cashbus Michael was unbelievable that game. But there is something great about scoring past the Schmeichel. <laughs> really having, is. Yeah, having grown up in a yeah. decades of being basically denied by Schmeichel. Totally, yeah. There was something healing. Absolutely. I mean, he was superb. Like they, we, England would have run away with the game, which is worth noting. England would have yeah. run away with the game with the keeper. But you also talk about big game players and showing up. Like I don't know why I've decided to take this tangent to talk about Kasper Schmeichel being a hell of a keeper. But for Leicester, he's exactly the same. Yeah. Like in the FA Cup, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. And you just think every time, like there is something about these people that grow up with these big game mentality, which we'll get to probably in the final with maybe why Italy handled it better than England yeah. when you look at their ageing centre-backs. But like in this semi-final, there was just something about Schmeichel where he was just like, I will be the one man to deny you guys. Yeah. But then when Kane managed to get the better or at least get the luck or whatever you want to phrase it, yeah. there was something of like, okay, yeah, we are destined for this now. Well, I remember reading the next day, I wonder if there's part of that where... You know, you mentioned earlier about there wasn't a moment where it was like, oh, if only, if only, yeah. if only, which being an England fan, that is literally what you lock onto after every um, tournament. If only Beckham had jumped, if only Rooney hadn't broken his foot, if mm-hmm. only, you know, Sol Campbell's goal would have been goals would have goals, been allowed. Yeah. Um, so the fact that actually what ended up happening was the if only was almost reversed. I remember there being an article about the fact this England team has reversed that mentality. Mm. And in a way, and it's very romantic, but I love it, it, that rebound and Kane scoring was the anti, if only. Yeah, it was putting to bed the ghosts yeah. that we've been haunted by. Absolutely, for. yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's bloody lucky in in actual reality, but it was a, a terrible penalty. Yeah, yeah, like it was worst Kane penalty I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously the three that missed for England in the final have got absolute pelters, but Kane's was as bad as any of those. Yeah. It was it was a yeah. shocking penalty. He just got away with it, didn't he? Yeah, but um, yeah, that was a great moment. And then I mean, the scenes afterwards, getting to the final, that was that was great fun. Um, seeing all the dancing and celebration mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, yeah, that was, and knowing a final was coming, which none of us, <laughs> barring my dad, had experienced. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that was awesome. So, Adam, mm. it might be too raw. It might be too uh, painful to go through, but we need to. Italy won. England won. Italy winning 3-2 on penalties, 11th of July. How did you feel watching the game? I mean, in a way, the nerves didn't have much time to set in because of the start we had again. Uh, and it was even, and Trippier was like 15th minute. This was like third or something? No, I think Trippier's was even earlier. I think Trippier's was fourth. Was and it Shaw really? was second. Blimey. So Shaw like, still beat it. I mean, it, I, not only was it a great moment, but actually England, if you watch the goal back, it's great football. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, amazing just like Harry football. Kane drops in, which, you know, he did for most of that half, which was great. And he he's a decent playmaker, as Tottenham know from the Sun, um, you know, partnership they've got going. So... It was great. And what a finish by Luke Shaw. Shawberto Carlos. Shawberto Carlos. Arriving yeah. at the yeah. far post to absolutely drill one in. I mean, that was a joy feel. I remember literally, like, I was jumping up and down next to a friend of mine, Dave, who is not the smallest guy in the world. And we were jumping, <laughs> we were jumping up and down like little kids. And it was a real kind of, like, moment of... I couldn't contain how happy I was. Yeah. Even you were like celebrating. I th- I think, yeah, because normally I'd be like, yeah, amazing, but wait, we still got a lot to go. Yeah. And I think I stood there, clenched my fist and just shouted in the air. I think I just <laughs> shouted, yes! I'm certain I didn't move, I just shouted. Yeah. It was a release, was, yeah. was the right word. Absolutely. All that tension, all that build up. Yeah. Um, because when it's the final as well, you can't distract yourself. There's no other games going on. No. It's not like you can distract yourself with the and other. nothing else matters. No yeah. other, you know, no bookings matter. No, yeah. you know, obviously sending offs would matter, but there's no other real storyline going on that who wins this game. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and in fairness, we hadn't been in that experience before. You know, I remember sending you the next day. It's weird that not only England lost last night, but it's over. Yeah, like the whole, the whole thing. Gone. Yeah, uh, which was strange. But I mean, 62 minutes. I think I read that we held them out. Um, and, uh, which is the longest anybody had been in front of Italy. Yeah, uh, in yeah that's right. However many years it is, which is all, it's empty. It doesn't really make you feel that much better when you've lost the final, but it is a testament to what you just said a minute ago, being a very inexperienced team. Yeah. Um, taking one of the better teams in the world to that length. And, th- and that's the thing. I think that's what will make this final look better and better and better, even though, like you say, it still doesn't matter because we didn't win. But it will look better and better and better in the years to come when we look back on how good this Italy team has been, how good they were through the whole tournament, their record leading into the tournament. Like, they, they have been phenomenal. We yeah. were beaten by one of the best international teams we've seen in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, true. And, and people won't say that enough because of the nature of how England went out with it being penalties again yeah, and yeah. the story. But this Italy team were phenomenal and, yeah. and are phenomenal. Like they, they may well given a lot of their players, but if they can hang on another 18 months, they've still got oh, a hell of a squad that, for, the, it, for the World uh, Cup. Collini, Cellini, what's it? How do you say? Chiellini. Chiellini and the, his Benucci. mate. Yeah. So those two at the back were the standout players. Yeah. Um, but whether they'll be, I mean, what's he, 37? 37 and then I think 38. I yeah. Think, I mean, I can't believe they'll be. No, but then people the, said this, <laughs> the Euros, oh, sorry, at the World Cup. Yeah, like, true. Well, not yeah. they went to the World Cup, but you get the idea. But you would imagine with the experience behind them, like a fast young team like England's will have much more idea of how you play. I mean, I didn't think we exploited the fact that we were faster 
And then well, Sacco tried, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, and he got absolutely decked to the floor. Um, I don't know. Sterling tried to dead end at times. He was brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a Sterling hater, but he too often ran into dead ends um, rather than maybe letting a Grealish or a Sancho. Um, that, not that was his fault. They went on the pitch, but letting a Grealish or a Sancho take those aging players on. I just can't believe a 21 year old winger wouldn't be able to burn away a 38 year old central defender. Yeah, but um, they're the top of their game for a reason. As in, I agree with you, but they don't allow themselves to get isolated that often. It's no. that where they're such a good unit. They've played no, so totally. much football together. But that's the, fir- the, problem. the first half it did happen, didn't it? In the sense of yeah. England flooded forward, Kane had dropped back, which meant Kalini didn't know whether to go with him or mm-hmm. to, you know, and that ultimately created a lot of confusion, which yeah. led to Luke Shaw being absolutely unmarked. Yeah. Um, but we just, I mean, Mancini changed things and Southgate didn't react is how it seemed. But Yeah, every, everyone's a genius in hindsight. Like you yeah. say, I'm not interested in criticising Southgate, but the only feeling was, and again, armchair fan that I am, it got to about 60 minutes, so not long before they scored. And I remember yeah. turned to somebody saying, we need to give them something to think about. Yeah. And that was either a Grealish or a Sancho, just somebody. And it I did mean, feel a bit like, we are starting to lose momentum here. Yeah, I didn't know something. what, it's the only time... Apart from maybe the Scotland game, it's the only time where I was like, what's the game plan here? Because we were one all mm-hmm. for, I think it was like, you know, 68th minute or something like that. And Grealish didn't come on to the 94th, 95th, into extra time. Yeah, yeah. So he, I just find that a little bit like... What are you saying? What, yeah, for? what's happening here? And I, you know, the, I don't know whether he'd make subs for penalty shootouts again. I'm not entirely sure that yeah, sure. worked. I know they were meant to be on the pitch sooner than they were, but I just, it's a bit of a weird tactic. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Like someone that hadn't kicked the ball more than three times, as opposed to someone that has spent the last hour and a half, mm-hmm. two hours kicking yeah. the ball. Harry Maguire's penalty is a great example. Sorry, just uh, let's just all of us just take a moment of of remembrance <laughs> for the, probably the this this penalty generally will be forgotten. It will because be. It doesn't mean anything. That's heartbreaking. That is the greatest yeah. penalty I've ever seen. It's better than any Penenka. It's better than any like in off the post yeah. that. And because it hit the camera, it goes up well, 10%. It's the, it's the closing montage that never was, oh, isn't it? Because if we'd won it, that would have been... That would have been the moment a singular tear would have tracked its way <laughs> down my face <laughs> as I as I was getting an England flag tattooed on the other side. <laughs> I just That is one of the greatest penalties, if yeah. not the greatest I've ever seen. Um, I remember him stepping up and I thought, oh God, we all did. We, go. yeah. we all did, yeah. There's absolutely. no way he has us in his locker. Yeah. And he's absolutely pelted it yeah. top ins. Unbelievable tackers. Absolutely it's just one of them. It's one of those I mean, lot, um, penalties are such lotteries, aren't they? Like he's gone we, there. Would we have won another night? Like, do you think it's lottery or do you think it's bad I technique? I don't know, mate. I mean, Rashford's one of the best penalty takers in the Premier League, but he missed that one. And it's interesting because with, with the Rashford one in particular, if it was an inch to the right, yeah. people would go an incredible penalty. You sent the keeper the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, he's yeah. put it right in the corner. Yeah. So it, you are talking about a matter of inches. I yeah. think for Sacco and Sancho, like again, I'm not criticizing them. But that's why I but think... I the, just think they were relatively easy penalties. Yeah, the phrase exists because it's true. Yeah. In the sense of, you know, keeper dives the other way and Saka's penalty is great. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's one of those things, like no one criticises a penalty when the keeper goes the other way. Yeah. I don't know, you know, the, oh, he sent the keeper the wrong way. No, he didn't. The keeper guessed wrong. Mm. Like that's... I don't there's many penalties other than the guy who... Um, Jorginho. Jorginho, yeah. There's not many penalty takers that send the keeper the yeah. wrong way. I just think keepers now, they tend to just guess and commit fully because that's the only way you're going to reach the corners yeah exactly um and yeah so Saka's penalty like I, I just think on another day it goes in yeah and again like we've said not, neither of us are interested in criticizing the penalty takers because ultimately like Southgate 
was very um, clear in the fact that he had chosen who he wanted to take the penalties. Yeah. Other people had volunteered, and he, Southgate was the one who said, no, these guys are going to be yeah, taking yeah, it. Yeah. And you just, like, obviously they missed, England lost. Um, but Pickford, uh, just a little moment to... to Praise Pickford, yeah. a man who, and you as an Everton fan, yeah. would have seen the worst of him leading up to this tournament. Yeah. And yet, when he pulls on an England shirt, he becomes Gordon Banks. Well, I mean, he does, but he is also an absolute bloody liability with the ball at his feet. Like, let's not forget. His two was slices. It the, the closing stages of must Germany? Germany or I think Denmark? It was Germany. One of the games where we were like pleading for the ball not to go back to him. Yeah. We love him. He's cult hero, but. Please don't play football. <laughs> Use your hands, yeah. Jordan. Yeah, You're a keeper. Just like be Gordon Banks. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> none of this trying to clear. Yeah, out. none yeah. of this pep crap. Right, he ain't yeah. signing you. You're stuck at Everton. <laughs> just do your bloody job and keep saving stuff. But the only satisfaction I had, and this was the moment of belief I had in the final, when I was like, England can right their wrongs. Was Pickford saving Jorginho because Jorginho just mm. doesn't miss. No. He just doesn't. And when Pickford saved it, there was still that moment where I thought oh, actually, this might be... The, like you were talking yeah. about, where we've reversed those what-if moments. Yeah, true. That was one yeah. where I was like, Jorginho will score and yeah. we will go, uh, we'll lose. But it's, and it's, when he missed, I was like, oh, maybe this is it, and then was crushed a second time. It's funny how it ended very quickly then, didn't it? Because it was the next penalty. But yeah. history has a tendency to forget things. Like, uh, I remember we were we were in front uh, in the penalty shootout in Argentina in 98. That's right. And I don't know yeah. which one it was, but I think it was the one where Gerard. Um, missed we were in front in that one right uh, and wow. then we missed two in a row and there's, a, there's an element where it's like you were saying earlier like you know it, it's it turns so quickly actually you think oh if they hadn't missed then they we would have won but it's like well someone else might have missed yeah, or yeah it's just it doesn't work like that I think we like to think it works like that but it just doesn't and if Rashford had scored you know someone else might have missed or Jorginho would have scored or you just everything changes the minute something different happens yeah sure so I guess it's what makes it brilliant, but it's agonising when you lose. I have three questions for you. Hit me. To finish this podcast special. The first one, if you could have changed one <laughs> tactical decision or made one substitution or done something differently, if you were Gareth Southgate, and this can be at any point in the tournament, but I guess you'd choose the final, yeah. what would you have done and why? Just very briefly. Grealish on middle of the second half. Second question, how would you think we're going to do 18 months' time when it's a World Cup? I mean, I think we're probably in as good a shape as any team in world football. I really do. I think Italy will be, they have an ageing team, so they'll be older. So even if all the old boys are there, I, th- I think they'll be up against it, especially in a hotter climate. I think we're in a great shape. I think we've got a brilliant manager. So I'd be optimistic. I'd be, put it this way, I'd be gutted if we didn't make the semis. Spoken like a true England fan. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think, we, I think we have a right to that. Two yeah, probably for the first time in 30 yeah, yeah, yeah. years. So it's, not a, it's not a dream. It's a... I'd be disappointed if we went out before that, as in with justification. And then my final question. Can you sum up in one sentence how you feel about Euro 2020 as an England fan? It was like the best sequel I've ever seen. I like that. This was The Empire Strikes Back. 2018 was great, mate. And, I, you know, I... I love New Hope. <laughs> We're all fans of New Hope. Absolutely. It made us Absolutely. see something we've never yeah, seen. The but. Empire is another level. But we'll be looking to see if Han Solo can be resurrected it, in Qatar. You stretched it a bit far, but we'll go with it. Because I, I liked it. I liked where it ended. But, uh, yeah, Jacob will be loving finish. this. Let's put <laughs> exactly, this way. Yeah, our one fan. Thanks, Jacob. <laughs> um, okay, so 
that is the end of our special podcast today um, thanks everybody for listening and we are back with an FA Cup final next week